In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. When I read the theme for this week and these few words, destined for trouble, I couldn't help thinking, wow, if we only knew what trouble the world was destined for back in late 2019 with the impending COVID disaster, what might we have done differently? Or could we have done anything differently? Likewise, with so many other events happening in the world and in our own lives, do we want to know what trouble we are heading for ahead of time? What difference will that make? In today's reading, St Paul is bringing this destined for trouble warning to the new Christians in the fledgling church in Thessalonica. We have been working through Paul's letter to the Thessalonians after the, over the past several weeks. Just to recap a little, Paul had established this new little church on his second missionary journey shortly after he left Philippi. And as we have heard over previous weeks, they had received the gospel message with joy, changing their lives around and growing in their faith and eagerly willing to share it. But there was growing opposition both from the Jewish community and from the surrounding Gentile community they had drawn apart from. Paul was forced to leave them quite suddenly due to the danger to his own life and onslaughts of opposition to his teaching and message. His opponents accused him of heresy, immorality, treachery and greed, which were totally unfounded. Paul and his co-worker Silas fled from Thessalonica to Berea, another town in Macedonia, and then Paul fled to Athens from the ongoing persecution following him. It was from Athens that Paul sent his co-worker Timothy to Thessalonica to see how the new converts were going and to encourage them and to let them know Paul was thinking of them and worried for them. Paul then went to Corinth and following Timothy's return and good news that the little church was doing well, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to encourage them, to tell them how he dearly wanted to come to them to tell them how much he loved and valued them and the joy he had in their strong faith and that he wanted to continue his teaching for them. 1 Thessalonians is thought to be the earliest letter he wrote to the churches. His encouraging message was so important to the new little church in Thessalonica. This was a congregation that was devoted to its newly formed faith and very much aware of different values it now held from the society which its members had been part of and as such very much threatened by social pressures and at times outright persecution to turn back from the life from which they came. In today's portion of the letter we hear Paul giving thanks that Timothy has returned with the good news that they are going well and they too are longing to see Paul as he is them. During his time of persecution, hearing of their strength and growth has encouraged him. He thanks God for them and the joy he finds in their strong and growing faith. From the very beginning of Paul's ministry with them, They had accepted the gospel message as the true and living word of God, and God has blessed Paul's ministry greatly in this little church. Paul tells them how he prays for them night and day that he may see them again. In chapter 3, verse 11, Paul prays, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. In fact, that prayer was indeed answered, 
For we read in Acts chapter 20 that sometime later, Paul did get to go to visit and spend time with the Thessalonian church again. In this passage today, he writes how he wants to come and encourage them face to face as they continue in the suffering and the opposition they have been subjected to from the very beginning. He had warned them then, and he warns them again in this letter, stressing that opposition to the Christians is simply something to be expected. Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hates you. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Paul speaks of his persecution from personal experience. Not only the persecution he had just endured that had forced him to leave Thessalonica, but Paul had suffered opposition and persecution from the beginning of his ministry as an apostle. And in many of the places he visited preaching the gospel, he underwent great trials and tribulation. In 2 Corinthians, he lists a litany of hardships and dangers, among which he says he has been in danger from bandits, from his own countrymen, from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers, and much more. Why does this keep happening? Persecution and opposition to the Christian message is not only from human maliciousness and envy, but when Paul was prevented from coming to the Thessalonians, he said he could see the activity of Satan in the circumstances that were happening to him. Satan is the evil one, the adversary of God and the adversary of Jesus. Satan does not want the gospel message to be preached and will take every means he can to prevent it. In fact, the greater our faith grows and the closer we draw to God, the greater the opposition grows too. I have found this to be true and so have many others. Jesus, Son of God, faced opposition throughout his time on earth, from threats to his life when he was a baby, to the temptations in the desert at the beginning of his ministry, to the opposition he and his disciples faced as they moved from town to town, and to the final opposition when Jesus' opponents brought him to crucifixion. But the opposition and persecution does not have the final word. Jesus conquered evil on the cross through his death and resurrection and ascension to glory. We who are his followers can expect the same type of opposition, but we know the battle has been won and we are part of the fulfilling of God's purpose as we live faithful lives and be strong in helping the gospel message to grow until the time of fulfilment and Christ's return. Jesus told his disciples in John 16.33, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we are forewarned that we can expect trouble. It's not all plain sailing once we become Christians. We are not promised it will be trouble-free. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, we hear Jesus teaching his disciples that there is a cost to being his disciple and to be prepared and count the cost. Another passage I hold on to a lot when things are going tough is in John chapter 6, 
Some of Jesus' disciples were finding the going hard and wanted to walk away. And Jesus said to his closest twelve, You do not want to leave too, do you? And Peter replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Who else indeed could we go to? We remember that the disciples were hiding in the upper room for fear of their lives after Jesus was crucified and risen. But then the Spirit came upon them at Pentecost and they were filled with power and boldness and wisdom and went out to all the known world as Jesus had called them to do in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew's Gospel. This did not mean no more opposition as we see through the book of Acts and Paul's letters and other New Testament letters. They are filled with stories of the persecutions the followers of Christ endured also filled with messages of endurance and hope, for they did not go alone. The Spirit of Jesus was with them, and they were convicted of the truth of the gospel message they were sharing, and the eternal significance it meant. A call to change, forgiveness of sin, love, healing, grace, and through the life, death and, res- death and resurrection of Jesus, life everlasting in the kingdom of God. The opposition and persecution that Christians have faced is both overt aggression and danger, and it's also insidious. Whatever methods those against the gospel message can use. The good news is not good news to all, as we know. Some do not want to hear it and will not accept it and will not come to faith in Christ and change their lives. Persecution and opposition has been a part of the Christian faith right through the ages and is still happening today in many places around the world, as we heard a little earlier. From the website of the organisation The Voice of the Martyrs, we learn that wherever Christians go, they experience opposition, but in certain countries the persecution is particularly severe. Government policy or practice in some nations prevents Christians from obtaining Bibles and meeting together. Anti-Christian laws lead to harassment or imprisonment of believers for their witness. Christians in other areas are routinely persecuted by family, neighbours or rebel groups despite the protection the government provides. In other countries, civil wars and other conflicts result in Christians facing opposition for their faith. The website says that over 60 countries around the world have persecuted Christians and Afghanistan is one on the list and so think what it must be like to be a Christian in Afghanistan at this terrible time. The website goes on to say Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the world. More men and women are being persecuted today for Jesus than at any other time in human history. Millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. These are incredibly sobering statistics, but things that we really need to know and be aware of. May we take the time to learn about the stories of the persecuted Christians in the world, pray for them and support them in whatever way we may be able to. We are somewhat removed from all this living here. Do we face persecution and opposition here in this land? Maybe some have come from countries where it is dangerous to be a Christian. 
Maybe some have family still in those places. We probably don't <coughs> sorry, we probably don't face such overt danger here, but as we said, the opposition can be insidious. There can be a whole litany of things going wrong in people's lives that can wear them down and stop them coming to worship, to test their faith. And when they fall away and stop connecting, that's when the enemy starts to win. We need to know that we can expect opposition and trouble in our Christian journey and be prepared. It's good to be forewarned. We can learn some things from today's readings from Paul and the Thessalonians. <clears throat> we must encourage one another in our faith lives, build one another up in faith. We must continue working on growing our faith in every way we can so that we are strong in God's word and the message of the gospel and the truth and hope it brings. Study the word, read our Bibles, join the hub groups and the Alpha Connections. Be regular in worship. Have a support team like Paul did. Have people to go and visit and contact and see how others are going, especially if we haven't seen people for a while. Our pastoral care team will be so important in this work, but it can happen right now. Recognise the signs of opposition when they come, for we are warned they are very likely to come in one way or another, and sometimes we mightn't even recognise what's going on. But if we remain connected, our companions can help us. And most importantly, pray. Pray like Paul did for the Thessalonians, morning and night, regularly and frequently for one another, and for ourselves, for those whom we have not seen for a while, and for those Christians in other countries undergoing fierce persecution. May we also pray for those who are the persecutors, those who are opposed to the gospel message. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 5, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Pray that they may encounter the risen Christ, because we remember that Paul himself, in the beginning, was a great persecutor of the Christians. And when he met the risen Christ on the road to Damascus, his life was completely turned around and he became the great apostle of faith we read about today. So we learn that the life of a disciple of Christ is not smooth sailing. There is likely to be trouble at some stage and we can be ready. Always remember why we keep persevering through trials that come upon us. The goal is the kingdom of God, our life in Christ, in God forever. That is the promise for us, through the life, death and resurrection of our Lord. That is worth fighting for, and we are not alone. Our Lord is always with us. The Spirit will strengthen and help and guide us and lead us in truth. Jesus promised his disciples on the night before he died he would not leave them orphaned. The Father will send them an advocate to be with them forever. This is the Spirit of truth who will abide with them and be in them. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in his name will teach them everything and remind them of everything he has said to them. They are not to be afraid. That was the promise for Jesus' disciples then and for us today too. Our Lord will never desert us, but will be with us in all we go through. 
We need to hold on to him, hold on to Jesus. Anything worthwhile is worth fighting for and enduring for, and the hope and promise of eternal life in God is the ultimate goal worth fighting for and enduring for. Paul said in Philippians, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So, like Paul and the Thessalonians and the disciples of Christ through the ages and us today, let us be joyful and hold firm and press on. Amen. A little prayer to finish. Holy, loving God, thank you for the message we have today from Paul and the little Thessalonian church. Thank you that you call us to be your disciples. Help us to be joyful people, strong in our faith and with strength and truth to combat any opposition that may come our way and to know that you are always with us to guide and protect us. Thank you for the gift of eternal life with you. In Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks, Bev. It's... um I don't know about you, but I find it a real uh, wake-up call to uh, remember that there are Christians 